Hey everybody, this is Mark. Welcome back to another episode of this Poor Pastors Podcast. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore, I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I want to do something big and something important. I'm not like you. I'm nothing. Just let me be nothing. So where does the power come from to see the race to its end? I believe God made me for a purpose. If you commit yourself to the love of Christ, then that is how you run a straight race. Run in God's name and let the world stand back in wonder. Welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no sir, it wasn't. So I wonder if you've heard about this series of videos called The Chosen. I ignored it for as long as I possibly could, but I've had several of my church members ask me about it because they've watched it. I've seen many Christians um, promote it as, well, you've got to watch this. This is phenomenal. So I decided to dive in and I watched the first two seasons. and. I'm going to be responding to my congregation about it, and I thought I'd share some of my thoughts with you on this episode today. So, if you're not interested in The Chosen, you couldn't care less, or you just don't care what I think about it, feel free to wait until next week for another episode. But if you're interested, stick with me. I think what I have to say has some value. But I'll let you be the judge. Let's dive into it. So anytime someone puts out a book or a movie, especially a movie about Jesus, there is going to be controversy, and probably rightly so. I think we have to be very careful about our portrayals of Jesus. I was too young, really, to remember much about the movie Jesus Christ Superstar, other than the fact that my dad, who was a pastor, uh, took a very strong stand against it. I do remember when The Passion of the Christ came out with Mel Gibson, and to this day I have still not watched The Passion of the Christ, partly because I just, when I watch movies, that's not really what I'm into. Uh, I'm not really into watching, I'm not a huge fan of Christian movies to begin with, to be quite honest with you. Most of them are really cheesy. Now, I knew Mel Gibson's movie wasn't going to be cheesy, and I knew a lot of Christians who watched it and loved it. But I had some reasons, some personal reasons, uh, and just I just wasn't really interested in, in the movie. So I never watched The Passion of the Christ, and I can't speak to that, other than, again, to say that if I'm looking for an accurate portrayal of Christ, I'm probably not going to look to Mel Gibson to give that to me. I do get a little bit suspicious and hmm, cautious about video portrayals of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've often thought, to be quite fair, hey, man, the Bible would make a really cool movie. But then as I read the Bible, I'm thinking, <laughs> there's absolutely no way this could be made into a movie. I know that Jesus films are very popular, and I recognize that there are many people who say, well, look, a lot of people will watch a movie who wouldn't read the Bible. And I agree with that. I definitely do. Over the last many years, 
movies based on more or less faithfully, some more, some significantly less, based on biblical stories, have grown quite popular. I think the entertainment industry is recognizing that there's a market here for uh, Christian or Bible-based movies. I'm somewhat thankful for that because it is opening up the conversation, and where I have a little bit of hesitancy is that if what is being portrayed is not accurate, but is being portrayed as accurate, that can cause some issues. So that brings us to the chosen. I have been noticing uh, people talking about the chosen for a while now. I see specifically on Facebook, I'll have uh, uh, friends of mine who will post bits and pieces of the movie and just gush about it like it is the it was the best movie the best series ever it will change the way you think about Jesus one person said um, and I think some people need to change the way they think about Jesus so you know that wasn't necessarily problematic it all depends upon what you mean by um, change what you think about Jesus um, and it was obvious that some people had a very emotional attachment to this series. I had other friends who posted incredibly vitriolic responses, calling it blasphemous, taking uh, taking issue with the movie and the portrayal of Jesus. They didn't like the way the apostles were be- uh, were portrayed, or they didn't like the way Jesus is portrayed. You know, the person of Jesus Christ is is very um, important to a lot of people, to a lot of Christians. And so it's understandable that they might be sensitive to the way that they were portrayed. Uh, So I can understand that. But it seemed like there was, you know, quite a an array of responses to those who were in love with it, to those who were opposed to it. Interestingly, those who were the most vitriolic in their response to it still somehow seemed to want to watch every episode of it. So for a while, I was just like, I don't want to get into this. It's just, it's another Jesus film, and I don't watch Jesus films. So I'm just really not interested. But then when many of my church members and Christians that I knew started asking me about it and said, hey, have you seen this? Or what do you think about this? I thought, if I'm going to be a good under-shepherd, this is obviously a film that has had a significant impact on people and is being seen by millions of people. I think at the last count, it's approaching a quarter of a billion views. Now, that doesn't mean a quarter of a billion people. Some people, no doubt, are watching it more than once. But a quarter of a billion views that is no small number. It is incredibly popular uh, around the world, it seems. So I decided I should dive in. Uh, Now, for me, the only place to watch it was by downloading the app. So I downloaded the app, and uh, I noticed that the um, producer, a man by the name of Dallas Jenkins, and he has a history with certain Christian films, um, and has obviously he's related to the producers of the Left Behind series, which was very very popular amongst evangelicals, and even a lot of independent Baptists loved the Left Behind series because it was about their favorite topic, the Rapture, and uh, so I thought, okay, all right, I understand this. Um, so I started watching, and I want to talk to you about one about my impressions about the the films themselves, 
Then I want to talk to you about what I liked about it. Then I'll tell you what I'm concerned with about it. Then I'll talk about um, some of the uh, background information. And then just to give you my feedback, obviously you're going to make your own choices, but maybe as a pastor you're wondering, how can I respond to this with my people? And maybe some of the thoughts that I have will help you as well. My first thought is I would be careful about making a response without at least checking into the films themselves. Now, if you don't want to watch the films, that's okay, but at least read the articles, read the interviews. Don't read what people say about the interviews. Read the interviews themselves. Let Dallas Jenkins speak for himself and judge him on the basis of what he says and then what he does. Um, but I wouldn't make too many comments about the videos themselves if you haven't watched them. I think it's always a problem for us to base our opinions in any area of life on the opinions of other people. Just because someone says something about someone doesn't make it so. And no, there, this is true in every way, but no, more, no less important about the person of Jesus Christ. I don't want people to believe what I say about Jesus just because I say so. I want them to examine him for themselves. Um, like with Philip and Nathaniel, you know, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Nazareth, excuse me. And he says, just like he does in the movie, he says in the scriptures, come and see. So if you haven't come and seen the movies, then be careful about making uh, claims about the movies themselves. Uh, I think that's just good. That's just good advice. I started watching, and I have watched all of the first two seasons that are available. I read that, uh, and I watched Dallas Jenkins mention that in order to do a full job or to tell the whole story, he believes that it's going to take seven seasons. So that's interesting. Seven, uh, seven seasons, that's a lot of videos, and he's you know crowdfunding it, which is not an easy thing to do. The sheer overwhelming number of people who have contributed financially to this is, um, is quite remarkable, actually. And so he wants to do seven seasons. So I'm commenting on this only into the after the second season, which means I may be proven incorrect by the end of the seventh season, or correct, or some combination of the two. As a production, just as a whole, just on the basis of production, I was pleasantly surprised. One of the reasons that I don't particularly like Christian movies is because they are so cheesy, so corny, and the acting is so bad. It's like, well, they're Christians, and they're not professional Hollywood types. Right, I know, but come on. The people out there who love facing the giants and fireproof and all that stuff, uh, you know what? I, I, I get it. Sometimes the message of those movies may be awesome, but I just can't get past the 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 acting it it's just it's oh it's B level in most cases I'm gonna make people mad by saying that but when I watch a movie when I watch a television program I watch it um, for and I love the good quality acting and content uh, and the and the and the quality of the acting and in most Christian movies it's just subpar I mean come on it's just awkward um, acting is an art. And while I admire Christians who want to put out good content, man, I'd love to see some better acting in, involved in that. In contrast, this is definitely of a different caliber. The 
cast of The Chosen, in my opinion, which is all it is, does a really good job. I don't think it's um, totally A-plus level, but I think in comparison with a lot of other Christian movies, I think the acting level in this is pretty good. You get drawn in, or at least I did. I got drawn into the stories. The acting is good, the scenes seem to be great, and apart from some anachronisms, specifically in language, like when one of the characters gets, calls Peter a rube, um, I think it was Peter that they called a rube, and the word rube, you know, didn't come into existence until around the 19th century, and that, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Well, English wasn't in existence either, but it's an, it, there's some anachronisms in in the language choices, and we accept that. Um, no film is perfect. Aside from some of those, I really think the production quality of these films is amazing. I have been pleased that uh, within the first two films. Um, public displays of affection of an intimate kind have been completely absent. Uh, even amongst husbands and wives, uh, with Peter and his wife, um, they have obviously been um, you know, in love with each other, but there has been a sensitivity to that, which is, is refreshing. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been good. So the production quality of the films, I give you know, an A. These are well-made films, and Dallas Jenkins deserves props for that. These are really, and I know it's not just him, but him and his team, these are really, really well-made and enjoyable to watch. Um, as far as the content of the films, one of the things that I think bothers me the most is that there is a lot of creative license taken with these films, as there would be in any film. Now, the producers say that this is a this is a series of films about the life of Jesus, life and ministry of Jesus in the eyes of the people uh, that were around him. Okay, so starting right off, this is going to be a completely subjective or a majority subjective film because they're telling stories that are not given to us in Scripture. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but there are some dangers that I feel like this film uh, slips into. Let me, let me explain them. Without going into detail about them, let me just give you my observation. One, it is a, these films, because they are so well made, draw people in, and they tell stories that are not found in Scripture, but there's a, it's difficult to make a distinction and I, I, you know, I read the Bible all the time. I preach the Bible. I'm a preacher. I've, I've read the Bible dozens of times, and I found myself still struggling with with identifying the reality from the fiction because they're so masterfully, masterfully interwoven. I told my wife I wouldn't let my children watch The Chosen because so much of it is just pure fiction, pure fiction. And I would be concerned that my children would begin um, absorbing the content and be mistaken in their view, in much the same way that people use the—and I'm not making a comparison between The Chosen and The Da Vinci Code. I'm not. But only in this sense, in this narrow sense am I comparing it, that there are people who watch The Da Vinci Code not recognizing that it is pure fiction and wrapped in, in the guise of truth— 
And they're basing a lot of their beliefs off of what is presented as fiction in the Da Vinci Code that is actually not accurate or not true. We don't know what happened. We don't know the conversations that took place in the lives of the apostles prior to their, to their being chosen. We don't know if Nicodemus ever tried to cast demons out of Mary Magdala, or from Mary of Magdala, Mary Magdalene. We don't know. We don't know what was going on. And so, and I'm not opposed to the creative license here, but it's not just conversations that are, that are um, made up out of thin air, but these things are often presented in theological terms as well. And so there is not just conversation, but there is theology being presented as the opinions of the characters when, we, when it's just fiction. We don't know what they would have believed about these things. For me, this gets even more problematic when it comes to the portrayal of Jesus. Now, I'm not just trying to split hairs here, but I'm, I'm just telling you some of what my concern is. First of all, I love the portrayal of Jesus in his humanity. Now, I have a friend who was very upset that Jesus winked, like Jesus wouldn't wink. Why wouldn't Jesus wink? Of course Jesus winked. Jesus loved children, and children loved Jesus. I think Jesus had a sense of humor. I have no problem with that. I love the humanity of Christ that is presented in these films, and it's fun for me to think about Christ interacting on the, in these ways, having a serious conversation and then turning on a dime and saying something that was uh, humorous to get everybody laughing. I love that. Uh, that portrayal, because I do think the Scripture uh, presents that kind of thing. I mean, Jesus was a popular guest at non-religious activities, and if there's something you know about non-religious people, they like enjoying themselves and having a good time, and stuffed shirt religious types tend to dampen that. So I don't have a problem with that portrayal, but it is somewhat problematic when you're portraying someone like the like the person of Jesus Christ and putting words into his mouth i am i'm a little bit nervous about putting words into the mouth of Jesus not just in irrelevant conversations but words that interpret or reinterpret or give additional insight into how Jesus viewed things words that are not specifically given to us in Scripture. I know one of the desires of the, care, of the creators of this film is to introduce Jesus to the masses. One of my concerns is that the Jesus that they are introducing to the masses is a Jesus that in these films is overwhelmingly a product of their own imagination, and I believe they're trying to be faithful, but they're still making up a lot of content that Jesus may or may not have said because there's no record of him saying it. And it's going to present... If someone wants to know Jesus, I want to point them to Scripture. But the Chosen series represents Jesus in a positive way, don't get me wrong, but in a way that is almost almost exclusively the product of their imagination, that I'm sure is an effort to be consistent with the Jesus they see in Scripture, but they're just um, 
making a lot of stuff up. Now, if this only happened in conversations outside of the gospel narratives, I could almost excuse that. But it's problematic for me that when they tell stories in the Chosen series that are found in Scripture, they don't even follow those stories according to Scripture. And I don't mean according to the King James. I mean according to any Scripture. Now, um, uh, Dallas Jenkins and his wife put together a devotional series to go along with the Chosen series, and I, I purchased the first one that goes along with the season one, and I know that they use the ESV. But even, so the ESV is, is, the, is their uh, translation of choice, but the movies, whenever Jesus speaks in a story that takes place within Scripture, there are parts of it left out, his words are changed, some cases not just changed to be more, quote, more clear, but they're changed as far as their content. The, the, the people that are involved in the stories sometimes are absent or added to, as in the case of the paralytic man being let down through the roof, that it was actually a woman that Jesus had met earlier in the day who was on the roof and brought her four friends carrying their fifth friend and you say, well, that's just creative license. It is. The problem is for so many people who don't know Scripture and so many children who are impressionable, my concern, and you can tell me whether you think it's valid or not, but my concern is that they're going to um, view the stories as the authoritative, and that might not. it might not matter whether there was a woman on the roof that Jesus looked at and said, your faith is beautiful, but Jesus never said, your faith is beautiful. So when we're putting belief, when we're putting words into the mouth of Christ, it's one thing to do it in a movie in stories that were not found in Scripture. But when the story is found in Scripture, why would we even change those words? Why wouldn't we stay faithful to the words of Christ that we do have found in Scripture? So I found that to be a little bit troubling. I found it to be troubling that... Um, much of this is pure fiction, which the authors have been upfront about. But secondly, when it is a story found in the in the scripture narrative, it is very often not faithful to the narrative. And massive amounts of uh, of some of these episodes are completely made up, but in a way that is difficult to to separate truth from fiction. So I love the production value. I love the humanity of Christ that is presented. It, it definitely makes me think that is a Jesus that I think is consistent with the with with the Scripture, um, and I love to think about he was he was fully human and fully God, but he 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 was hungry, he cried, he was compassionate, and all of that is portrayed well. My concern is that there's so much fiction here that is interwoven with scriptural narrative, and even that narrative is fictionalized in such a way that I think it becomes very problematic, almost like you have to read between the lines, but the lines are already given, so why would we change them? So there's that. One other area of concern that I have and that I would share with my people is the the charge was made, well, Dallas Jenkins is working with Mormons, um, and so just going to reject that out of hand. Well, I wanted to go looking, and it is true. Uh, the studio that is producing 
um, the Chosen series, is owned by the Harmons, and it is a Mormon. Um, it is a Mormon uh, company, and I read an interview by Dallas Jenkins on an LDS podcast in which he said, you know, I, I've taken heat from both Mormons and Christians, but that we do, um, we do both love Jesus very much, and the differences I used to think we had uh, are not so um, different as they used to be. And of course, there are areas we disagree, but we both love, um, we both love uh, Jesus Christ. I am. I'm sure that Dallas Jenkins is a is a is a faithful follower and lover of Jesus Christ. I have no reason to think otherwise. I'm going to be charitable on that because. I think that his heart seems to be in the right place. But as a preacher of the gospel, if someone doesn't have the insight and wisdom to understand the differences between Mormonism and Christianity, and our difference in view of Jesus Christ, his nature, who he was, what he came to do, who he is, and then who we are, if someone lacks the wisdom and, and understanding to be able to see the difference, then I would be very careful and cautious about watching a movie in which they are portraying the truth of Scripture. Um, Mormonism is not Christianity. It cannot be. Now, Mormons work very hard these days to try to convince us that there is no difference, but there is a fundamental difference in our understanding of who Jesus is, in our understanding of things like the atonement and eternal life and um, the person of Jesus Christ and his, uh, and his um, eternal Godhead and so on and so forth. There are some significant differences still. And there are some good men who have devoted their lives to try to help reach Mormons with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mormonism was founded by Joseph Smith on the basis of the fact that he said that God appeared to him as a teenage boy and told him that the Christian church had apostatized after the death of the apostles. And in 1830-something, God had to reinstitute the true church through Joseph Smith, and so the LDS church was born. So a religion based on the belief that, the, that Christianity is corrupt and, need, and, and lost its pure doctrine, and that doctrine needed to be rediscovered, and that that doctrine we find is at odds with Scripture, that is a prob- that's problematic. I don't know how you can make a film about Jesus, the Jesus of Scripture in conjunction with people who don't believe about Jesus in Scripture, what Scripture teaches, without at some point sacrificing something. Now, I could be mistaken here, because maybe they're not going to get into those matters of of doctrine, but the Mormon Church has had a large impact in the uh, distribution of this film, and I believe that the Mormon Church is going to use this film to great effect to open people's hearts to the idea that Mormonism and Christianity uh, is the same. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't believe that I am. We'll have to wait and see. It's not a prophecy, but why wouldn't they do that? 
Okay, so that is that is a major concern that I have about the chosen film. That the, the man who is producing the film seems to lack, for whatever reason, and I'm going to get, assign the best intentions to him, but seems to lack the, um, the, under, the biblical understanding that the group that he is working with that is a major part of the production of this film do not themselves believe about Jesus what the scriptures teach about Jesus. They don't believe about Jesus what um, Christianity and the New Testament affirms. There is a difference of opinion. Now, whether the Mormons are right or whether Christianity is correct, if those are the only two options, is not the issue. The issue is if you are a Christian, I'm concerned about um, terminology that says, well, you know, these people, you know, they basically believe just like we do, except in, in some other areas of, you know, faith and practice. No, we, we start with a divergence on the person of Jesus Christ. So be careful about that. I would just ask you to consider that in love and, sh- and talk about that with your people as they're asking you about this series. This series is going to be very popular. It's going to be huge. And it's going to impact the way people think about the person of Jesus Christ and the narratives of Scripture. And I think we need to be careful in our responses to it. So those are some of my thoughts. I'd love to hear what you have to think or what you think about it. Send me a message, thispoorpastor at gmail.com, and tell me your thoughts. Give me your feedback. I'd love to hear it. All right, until next time, this is Mark Foster once again, and I cannot wait to be back with you next Monday for another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. Until then, keep after it, guys. God bless you. Have a great week.